This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong, and today I'm speaking to Paresh Subramaniam, founder and head of corporate health and wellness at FitExcapes, a corporate wellness solutions firm all about keeping employee minds and bodies fit for work. So thank you very much, Christine, for having me today. Uh, Fit Escapes is basically a wellness solution provider. What we do is we help businesses to achieve optimum health and continuous engagement by incorporating technology, education, and applying the science of behavior changes. So that's basically what we do. We provide uh, employees with a holistic wellness program to their doorstep. Right. So when you say holistic wellness, uh, I assume it's also, you know, it's physical, but it's also mental, emotional health as well. Yes, definitely. So we look at physical, uh, financial health, uh, social health, spiritual, uh, as well as environmental health as well. So uh, as far as I can tell, uh, FitExcapes was started in 2016 uh, and then you guys have grown uh, since. So again, before we go into the range of your offerings and sort of your uh, ideas about wellness as well, tell me a little bit about, you know, the kind of comparison between 2016 to 2020 and sort of your performance right now during the pandemic. Yeah, sure, Christine. So when we first started, uh, the global corporate wellness market was worth about $46 billion at that time in 2017 and had a CAGR of about 4.6. And fast forward to 2020, the corporate wellness market now is at about $52.8 billion and is expected to grow at a CGCR, uh, CAGR forecast of 9.8, reaching up to 93.4 billion billion uh, by 2028. Mm. So echoing this growth, we saw a steady increase of about 10 to 20 percent in revenue year on year from 2017 to 2018 as we expanded more services including uh, webinars. So we were, first we started with just providing fitness classes so ex- we expand our services and we then had an increase in revenue by 30 to 50 percent throughout quarter three and quarter four of 2019 and also quarter one of 2020, right before the first MCO. And this is uh, all because of the surge in demand of wellness and engagement program among employers. Mm -hmm. Right. So would you say then that as time has passed, there's been a little bit more of a focus or a little bit more of a demand on thinking about corporate wellness as a whole? Yes, definitely. I I see uh, when you look at the modern workforce, we look at the shift of our workforce, you can see the modern generation uh, wanting more of a work flexibility and also work-life work balance. So that's where we see the shift of the demand of corporate wellness as well. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, how do you think the pandemic has affected that? Because I would imagine, you know, with the rise of remote work, that uh, there's been, a, again, a lot more of a demand for the sort of uh, corporate wellness program. Yes, I think uh, one of the key things that we saw uh, throughout this pandemic is a search of uh, employers uh, uh, finding more ways to actually support their employees while they are working remotely. And definitely as a provider, we have also shift our methods of delivering our programs to more virtually and enable people to support people while they are at home. Right, absolutely. Now, you know, I think one of the things that I often find when we talk about wellness and uh, employee well-being and stuff like that is sometimes the question comes up of what's the ROI on this, right? Actually, how does it help the bottom line? So can you tell me a little bit about the kind of connection between employee wellness and productivity and essentially people doing well? Sure, definitely, uh, Christine. This is one of the most talked about uh, topic, I would say, whenever we pitch to any of our uh, clients. 
And one of the few things that we see uh, that is the benefit of this corporate wellness program is number one is the engagement. We see engagement from the top to bottom and bottom to top, right? So that's a very good approach when you talk about engagement. The second is productivity. I'm, I'm sure that you have seen so many research on productivity uh, uh, linking wellness uh, as part of uh, the enhancer or booster of productivity. But one of the key things that uh, clients can see of the ROIs is a cost saving on medical expenses. And a recent su a study done by Harvard showing that medical expenses actually fell uh, by $3.27 for every dollar they spent on wellness program. Mm -hmm. And also employee absenteeism expenses also fell by $2.73. Right. So generally speaking, I mean, I, I think it sounds very common sense, but if employees feel better, they do better, right? Definitely, definitely. Well said on that. Right. So, I mean, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier that a lot of what you do also involves educating potential clients, right? What are some of the misconceptions about wellness and especially employee wellness do people have generally? I think there's a few aspects into it. The first thing is how sustainable it is. I think when you want to start a program, you know, everyone is hyped up. Everyone wants to join the program. But how is it sustainable for mm -hmm. the company? How can you continuously roll out? I think that's one of the key concerns. The second one is instead of focusing on only activity, we need to have some sort of a KPI or some sort of measurement right. that is there to see where, where are we now and how do we move forward. So in Fila's case, what we do is we use a very simple measuring tool where we look at company's culture, where is it at from a reactive stage to an independent, to an interdependent phase where we call it a traffic light system. So these are a few things that we see that is very important when it comes to the employee wellness. Right. Can you go into a little bit more detail about the traffic light system? How does that work? So for the traffic light system, when companies first come on board with us, uh, the, the most important thing is to understand the needs, uh, the interests of the employees uh, and also the employers. So once we do that, we, we kind of looked at the first stage of our traffic light system, which is rate color, which is reactive. So reactive means, you know, whenever we know there's a problem, when we know our employees are suffering from mental wellness or, you know, a lot of back pains, then we actually do something about it. So what we want to try to, to move employers or kind of help employers move from the red to the green, which is interdependent, where they no need to depend on anyone. The employees have a routine by themselves. They know that, you know, if I'm sitting uh, more than 20 minutes, I got to, you know, get up and walk, I got up and stretch. And they have a support group which is their own peers or colleagues that are supporting them and say hey you know what if you're staying too long on the zoom call maybe just get up and walk you know these are some of the stuff that we try to grow using our uh, traffic light system hmm. so essentially a lot of the uh, a lot of the wellness programs sort of move towards providing companies with a sort of infrastructure for support systems and also for i guess wellness routines as well throughout the day Yes, and to add on as well, a management system that is lacking. I say that, you know, whenever you do all this wellness engagement, you need to have a proper management system and also a measuring tool. Mm -hmm. So what is the measuring tool then? So the measuring tool, you can, can go in a few uh, different aspects. One is the employee's overall health. Second is the overall engagement of the employees throughout this program. And also the third one, definitely what we want to see companies do is the communication or, you know, the increase in communication in within the employees and employers. Right. Fantastic. Okay. So tell me a little bit about why that communication is so important. 
I think, Christine, during this pandemic time, I think more of us uh, find more ways to actually communicate more effectively mm -hmm. with our employees and employers. And I feel that the only way for a company to move forward with the pandemic and also uh, be productive is to communicate very effectively. And if you can have a very effective communication in your organization and a very supportive uh, system around your organization, everyone will thrive. Hmm. I see. So I also wanted to ask, you know, let's take a look and see uh, and, and help people to sort of identify the difference between uh, reactive and interdependent companies. So give me an example of how a reactive company would be operating. So example, um, we have four stages into our traffic light system. So reactive, uh, dependent, independent and interdependent. So mm -hmm. these four stages is how we help companies to move on. So when a company is reactive, like I mentioned, you know, they do the employees engagement survey or, you know, they do a survey saying that employees are stressed, then they bring a doctor or a physician to talk about it. Right. That's reactive. And then they move into a phase where it's called dependent. So dependent is whether they are dependent on the HR to do some, some initiative. They're dependent on uh, someone in the company to drive these engagement activities. Or they're dependent on a service provider like us, a corporate wellness companies, to actually drive the initiative of the engagement. Mm. So that is the dependent phase. Then they move into a phase called independent. So independent means that, you know, the employees have a routine on their own. Mm. which means they have their own community of cycling, their own community of Zumba, uh, own community that knows that they are stressed, they get together, they talk about it. So that is independent. They know when to seek help. So you build up habits and behavior changes for, for them so that they could be independent on their own. Right. And then we look at the last stage where is the green zone, which is interdependent, where they now have not only themselves, but a supportive system around there where you know, their peers, their colleagues are constantly supporting them and this will ensure a sustainable wellness program as well. Right. So in a way, the end goal is for this cycle of wellness to become self-sustaining. You are 100% right, yes. Right. Really, really interesting. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. But after that, I will continue speaking to Parash Subramaniam, founder and head of Corporate Health and Wellness at Fidexcapes, a corporate wellness solutions firm about keeping employee minds and bodies fit for work. Do stay tuned to Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9. Balanced Frank Medium, BFM 89.9. listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong and today on the line I have Parash Subramaniam, founder and head of corporate health and wellness at FitXscapes, a corporate wellness solutions firm. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about the catalyst for creating it, the journey that FitXscapes has had since their inception in 2016, as well as why employee wellness is so important. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about that connection between physical health and sort of mental health and how that contributes to employee wellness in general, because I think, you know, there's this sort of conception that, you know, there's sort of separate things, but they're very heavily interconnected. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I definitely feel that uh, the employee wellness, uh, you, when you look at the whole spectrum, we use a very simple measuring tool uh, called the Wheel of Life. And when you look at Wheel of Life, it's developed by Paul J. Mayer, the, the founder of Self-Improvement. And when you look at this, you can actually see the pillars that actually intertwines with each other. When you look at um, 
the data that we have been collecting throughout this pandemic, you know, 39% of employees worry about financial health. Mm. And this has partially contributed to the 70% increase in stress and anxiety as well. So as you can see here, if, if you look at wellness in a holistic aspect, you need to work on all the pillars of wellness. And you try to try to do what is you try to work on each of them individually and look at what are the gaps that you have in terms of your wellness, whether it's environmental wellness, whether it's, you know, uh, your intellectual wellness, and you constantly find ways to actually improve these pillars of wellness. Right. So what I'd like to do now, actually, is to sort of go through each pillar of wellness and sort of take a look at what Fidexcapes does in order to help people uh, with that particular area of wellness and how people at home who are listening or people at work who are listening uh, are actually able to do something uh, to improve improve that part of their wellness themselves. Would that be all right? Sure, sure, definitely. All right, so take me through all seven pillars first. What are they? So the first pillar is physical wellness. Physical wellness is our body. It consists of our nutrition, which is 60%, all right? And our 30% of workout, which is our physical exercise, and 10% of our sleep supplement and so our stress level. So it all plays a part in your physical wellness. So physical wellness consists of exercise and also nutrition. And then you look at the second pillar, which is your mental emotional wellness. So mental wellness means your ability to cope up with stress and to understand if there is stress and when do you kind of work around that stress and how do you actually work around that stress. So that's the second pillar. The third one will be environmental wellness. So environmental wellness is all about the earth. What are we doing to contribute back to the earth? You know, whether it's sustainable uh, cooking or if you're cooking with the oil, what are you doing with the oil? And also, you know, like things like plastic. So environmental wellness as well, the, the third pillar. The fourth pillar will be financial wellness, which is one of the most talked about topic in, in, the, in the pandemic. So financial wellness is about understanding, you know, where you are financially. You know, what is your check and balance every single month? How do you manage your savings? How do you manage your investment better for you to achieve your financial happiness? All right, then moving forward, we will see the next pillar. The fifth pillar, we call it spiritual wellness. So spiritual wellness is not about, you know, going to... Uh, pray and all that but it's, it's about finding yourself your ikigai your why hmm. and your purpose uh, in, in the world and what can you contribute uh, uh, in, in, in this world so it's all about finding your ikigai and then you look at the sixth pillar of wellness the sixth pillar of wellness is intellectual wellness when you look at intellectual wellness you are basically looking at self-development you're looking at constantly upskilling reskilling yourself and look at what are things that you can actually improve on so the last but not least will be the social wellness and social wellness as you can see uh, we are all humans uh, we we do need that interaction that human connection to stay connected and communicate with each other uh, and we can see that in our pandemic as well where we we, we were forced and we need to actually social distance ourselves uh, and you see that also intertwines with you know things like causing mental and also emotional stress Hmm, fantastic. So let's take that step by step. For physical wellness, first of all, how does FedExcapes uh, address that? And also, what can employers do within their own communities to actually uh, allow their employees to explore and improve that part of their lives? All right. So the basic formula of what we do uh, for each pillars, uh, let's say example for uh, the physical pillars, we mm -hmm. provide the first uh, important thing, which is education. We provide webinars, we provide self-directed digital contents, learnings, and also uh, we provide the live fitness classes and live session as well. So the first part 
is about providing education. Then we empower them. How we empower them is we challenge them. So there will be a follow-up. Example, if we, we do a webinar on food, on nutrition, mm-hmm. we will then tell them, hey, you know what? We challenge you to post a healthy meal or share a recipe of healthy meal that you are cooking on our platform. So that's where our our software platform plays a role. Mm-hmm. So education plus empowerment equal to behavior changes. So how do you create behavior changes? Is by practicing or repetitiveness. You need them to do it constantly. So they constantly post on the platform. That is how they actually create the behavior changes. And this applies to all the pillars that we actually do uh, and also the service that we provide as well. Got it. So all of the pillars, basically, you guys have these programs that you have uh, webinars to address and then also a platform on which you sort of uh, hold everyone accountable, right? And you sort of challenge people with uh, uh, specific tasks relating to each pillar. Yes, you are right. And also we provide the extrinsic motivation, which means when you join all our program, there is some sort of a gamification where you will earn rewards and then you can also claim these rewards to uh, bigger prizes or something that you like. Mm. I mean, I can understand how that works with physical wellness, um, uh, even mental, emotional wellness, environmental, financial. But how does that work in terms of spiritual wellness? So we have the same uh, concept in spiritual wellness where they go through um, Ikigai with us, where we do the simple formula of Ikigai mm-hmm. uh, in our workshops. And we go through the Kaizen mindset, which is you know constantly growing uh, their knowledge and uh, their belief in themselves and their purpose. So we have a standard uh, program that we use on, on, on the spiritual wellness as well. Mm-hmm. So, okay, give me an example of a challenge that you would give for uh, spiritual wellness. So the challenge we give is for them to find their Ikigai. So we have a worksheet at the end of our webinars where they Mm -hmm. can actually fill up their Ikigai and then we can help to coach them in terms of Ikigai and what is is the each uh, parts of Ikigai about. Right, I see. I mean, just to uh, give a quick, you know, rundown of what it is. So Ikigai is a Japanese concept referring to having a direction or purpose in life, providing a sense of fulfillment uh, and towards which the person may take action, giving them satisfaction and a sense of meaning. So it's this sort of marriage of uh, there's passion, mission, profession and vocation. Uh, and so that's sort of what you guys are looking at, that sort of holistic, uh, I guess, drive in life, right? Fantastic, uh, uh, Christine, you got it all right. <laughs> Yay. All right. So let's move on to intellectual wellness as well. What, what would be a challenge that you would give, uh, you know, even to our listeners for intellectual wellness? So for intellectual wellness is very personal. So we need to find each needs. But with that said, an example of uh, the challenge that I will give for intellectual wellness is maybe read a book, right? Or, you know, read an a, a online ebook. You know, these are good challenges that you can actually do and good habits to actually pick up as well. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I wanted to talk about social wellness as well, because obviously we are in the middle of a pandemic. So what would you do in order to address the social wellness aspect? Yeah, that's definitely a huge challenge as well. I'm sure that, you know, as a human being, we all want to meet each other, connect with each other. Uh, and that's the, pretty much the, the one of the biggest challenge uh, that we face uh, during carrying out this program. But all our programs, when we conduct it, is some sort of a, a, a getaway, a place for people to actually come. 
uh, and for communities to actually meet up, for colleagues to actually meet up. And we see a growth in terms of our engagement uh, and participation rate for our webinars where people can actually talk to each other, people can actually connect with each other. And also we see a, a, a huge search whenever we look at our social page. So our social page is like a, a Facebook page where mm -hmm. people can actually share their journey, share their wellness, what they are doing uh, at their home and hashtag us and let us know what they're trying to do. So we see a search in, in, in people posting on our social page to just keep each other updated and also sharing their journey, what they are doing at home as well. So I think that's a huge part of, of uh, the social wellness that we can currently do at the moment. Mm, right. Now, I also wanted to get your thoughts in general on your the future of employee wellness. I mean, what do you think, uh, you know, companies focus on employee wellness is going to look like? I think the future of wellness or employee wellness will highly depend on the future of workplace itself. You know, mm. we're now seeing a shift since the pandemic. Uh, we're moving towards remote working you know, maybe some hybrid working. And so we see the future of wellness being either virtual or hybrid, mm. but also not losing uh, the human touch as well. Right. And do you think employee wellness is going to become, uh, you know, more of, I guess, an incentive for future employees as well? I mean, looking at the incoming workforce, you know, do you think that that's going to be a, a very important factor when they start to look for uh, a, a place to join? Yes, I'm happy that you mentioned it. According to uh, Mercer, that he, the research that he did, you know, when uh, the modern and full workforce, when they want to work for an employer, what are the top three things is work flexibility, mm -hmm. working with purpose, and also you can see work-life balance. And also, uh, when we look at health and wellness, it's also part of our social development goals, uh, 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 number three, which is, you know, getting a healthier and also happy workplace as mm -hmm. well and happy uh, world as well. So I think um, the future very much uh, was around this and uh, employers will look for more ways when want to attract talents by having also a support system and a wellness program in-house. And I also believe, uh, just to touch on, on that as well, I also believe that there, there will be a greater focus in mental wellness in, in the upcoming future of wellness or employee wellness. Uh, and there will be more emphasis put on EAP programs and policy changes surrounding these and also even maybe work flexibility as well. Absolutely. I mean, hopefully, you know, looking towards the future, more companies are going to incorporate wellness as part of their structure, right? You know, not just as uh, as an afterthought, which I think sometimes does feel like a little yes. bit for some companies or right a one-off thing, right? Right, yeah. You know, I think, you know, there's just sort of, again, uh, another conception of you can have a, a corporate wellness training program for like a week, a month, and then it's like, well, okay, now we're going back to normal, right? So <laughs> Yes, exactly. Mm, hopefully it'll become part of the, of the integral process of the company's uh, culture as well. Right. Definitely. Fantastic. All right. Final question for you is just what uh, are the goals for the future of FedExcapes? So our current goals is we have launched our platform at the peak of pandemic. And also our short term goal is definitely to expand our reach into ASEAN as well. And when you look at the bigger goals, uh, it's also uh, uh, following our brand vision, which is to help and support a bigger community of people to be a better, healthier and live a healthy and happy place. Well, that is absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, Parash, for speaking to me today all about FedExcapes. Thank you very much for having me, Christine. I'm Christine Wong and you've been listening to me speak to Parash Subramaniam, founder and head of corporate health and wellness at FedExcapes, a corporate wellness solutions firm all about keeping employees' minds and bodies fit for work. If you've missed any of today's podcast, you can download our app that's available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also head over to our website, bfm.my, to listen back to the podcast. This is BFM 89.9. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.